Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. My name is Chris and I'm joined by my co-host and younger brother, Daniel. That's right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, we got a great episode for you guys. Do you, do you call podcast, you know, episode, are the episodes or are they, what are they called? What call? else do you call it? I guess, I don't know. Show? Shows have episodes, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Chapter? Welcome to welcome to our movie. Movie. The podcast. Yeah, our screening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I hope it's called episode because I've been calling them episodes and we've got <laughs> almost a hundred and thirty of them. <laughs> We're gonna start from zero from now on. When you figure out the right terminology, whatever. <laughs> well, you're here, Let's guys. Do it all over again. Come on. Uh, it is Wednesday, February the tenth. Is it tenth? Uh, you tell me. It um, is the tenth. Is in fact the tenth today. Right. Correct. Yeah. Today, not the day we're recording, but the day we're posting this. That's right. That's we're right. Recording pretty far out, I guess, because we got some stuff going on. But uh, yeah, it's your birthday month. Yeah, it is Black History Month, but is it is also Daniel History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's my birthday month, so I'm, I'm digging it. It's the shortest month, which kind of is a, kind of sucks, you know. I'd say, we we don't use the whole month for your birthday though. It's a birthday, so it doesn't matter what month it's in. You call you called it my birthday month. You're the one that said that. You know, I'm. It, it is, but we don't celebrate the entire month for you. It's just a day. Okay, says, so it doesn't matter if the month is shorter. Says, the day is still 24 hours. Says the Christmas baby. You have a 31 day month. Yeah, Come on. ooh, it is great. It was. Everyone's celebrating. Everyone's in a party mood. Yeah, <laughs> love December. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, you. Everyone's like got present uh, picking in their mind already as they're yeah, as it it's a season into- for giving. <laughs> Shut up. It's a month of love for me. Okay. Mm, yeah, I guess it's a pretty short month. <laughs> I said that already. Shut up. <laughs> as we uh, debate our our birthday months. Um, should we actually just get into our show? How about that? Yes, okay. Well, how about that? Before people start listening, why don't you explain to them how the show works? Here at the Reader Copy Podcast, we split up into three parts. First up, we will talk about the comic book news where we just you know, explain what's going on in comic books this week. In the middle, we'll talk about a great comic. This week, we're doing Skyward. And then at the end, we'll talk about our side stories, whatever we've been watching, reading, whatever we've been enjoying this week. Yeah, all right. Without further ado, let's get into the news. Not much news this week, um, but I do want to talk about one thing. Um, Daniel, let me ask you, if you could make a show mm-hmm. on Disney Plus based off Marvel, right? All right? So knowing that, and it had to be a show based off like a world and a character that we've already seen, right? Yeah. A world that has a lot to offer and is great detail and maybe not everyone knows about it around the Marvel world. So this show will explore deeper and expand more into that culture and that um, that may, may, let's call it a city maybe. Okay. Uh, so if you had to make a show about that, let me ask you, what kind of show would you make? Huh, huh. Like what kind of premise would you do and what kind of characters <laughs> what <laughs> uh, Okay, so we're building off some type of Marvel property in the past. I like what you said about world, right? introduce yeah. uh, the audience to this great world. Maybe it's like a secret to the rest of the world, but like now we're we're unraveling it. So like what 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 kind of series would you want? Okay, here's my idea. Do you remember in Guardians 1 um in the collector's, you know, uh okay. house there was that Howard the Duck? I'm thinking Duck World is where we got to go. <laughs> no. no. Remember, we already have close. a we already have a hit movie related to that Howard the Duck. It's gonna it's gonna work out. Disney Plus is the right spot for it. Howard the Duck is a pervert. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, and uh, I don't plan to. But <laughs> well, if you said a Wakanda show, you would have been right because Disney announced over with the uh, Hollywood Reporter that. Disney has signed a deal with Black Panther director and co-writer Ryan Coogler and his production company to do a Disney Plus series based off Wakanda. That's right. Uh, the Coogmeister has got uh, a new TV show under his belt for Disney Plus. Um, his company, Proximity Media, his production company, his banner, they uh, signed a like five-year deal with Marvel to to put stuff out. So first things up is this Black... Well, actually, after Black Panther 2, they're going to put in yeah. the works for a, a TV show with uh, Surrounding Wakanda. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I expect Black Panther 2 to be kind of a game changer, knowing that, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman is not going to be in it, or the character of T'Challa will not be recast. So the mantle of Black Panther will be changed and handed over to someone else. But Wakanda has a lot more to offer besides just Black Panther. Like we, When we did the Black Panther, Black Panther comic book, we learned more about like uh, it's like the white wolves, oh, and yeah. like and then there's like um, the Dora Milaje that like broke free, and they had like these special armor that they were wearing too. That That's was almost right. like birds. So there's more characters in the Wakanda universe besides just like the royal family and Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, we already saw that uh, Killmonger. He just took some of that plant stuff. Maybe there's more of that somewhere, and mm-hmm. it's an someone else gets it there's a lot of stuff to explore there's you know other ways to use vibranium that we know so yeah. how else are other people getting it super powered and just just the drum of it there's different tribes we didn't really explore the other tribes that's what i want from black panther 2 um yeah. right like learn about the other people that we don't we haven't really met informally in, on the show on the movie yeah yeah so I, I'm excited for this. I want to see what Ryan Coogler could do with like a longer format storytelling, not just like a two-hour movie. But I think uh, I think it's in the right hands. Would you want to see like a, a a show set in current time? Or I know part of Black Panther took place like in the '80s. That'd be kind of cool too. Yeah, I gotta say, his dad's fit was cooler with that whole you know. The- <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be cool if like the story was about. Um, T'Challa's dad, like him being king, right? Oh, yeah. He got to be king in Black Panther for a, a lot longer. So I want to see maybe like he rebelled and went to America because he didn't <laughs> want to be Black Panther. And him and like his best friend's servant went to like New York. And yeah. his mission was to like find a queen that didn't care that he was rich or had all this power or that sure. he had the was a superhero. And, you know, we could see him dating and doing hijinks and trying to fit in with uh, American culture set in the 80s. Okay, okay. I mean, it's going to be pretty easy because he's a rich prince, right? He can just throw around money. He can find love really easily. No, but he wants to live like the common people. So, like, he doesn't use a lot of his money. He lives in, like, a janky apartment. Maybe uh, he has to work, like, at a fast food spot. Okay, right. Uh, I could see that. Uh, But, you know... (laughs) I think we might be a worry is what if like Nick Fury barges in there and he gets really angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because like he'll he's trained right, yeah. So he'll be able to stop Nick Fury, <laughs> a young Nick Fury. And then, uh, and then I don't know what you would call this series or show. Maybe like going to the states. Title. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's original idea. No one's done it no, before. No one's done- <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna do it in a sequel coming up yeah maybe make it a comedy <laughs> yeah i love the idea i think you know proximity media they've got some new employees coming their way some some new writers coming their yes. way <sighs> uh, okay seriously though like i'm excited for this do you think though that disney and marvel is just oversaturating like every character is gonna get a disney plus show maybe uh, we already see the list that's coming out of all these other shows, right? We've got the stuff on the list that connects to our characters, Hawkeye and, you know, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. But then we have, like, Secret Invasion and Ironheart and Secret Wars, Armor Wars, sorry, that we haven't, you know, really even know what it's going to look like yet. Right, yeah. Stuff. So it makes me think, like, all these shows are limited series, really, and not getting second seasons, uh-huh. even though we know Loki's already signed up for second season. But, like... When do they have time to show all these if they're going to have multiple seasons? Like, I feel like these are just like one time things just to tell shorter, more isolated stories, not necessarily like a movie, right? So, I think obviously with the pandemic, the playing field of movies and streaming has like oh, evened yeah. out. We're like less and less studios are making movies and are more leaning towards streaming. So I feel like Marvel has already realized like, yo, we're going to make more shows and the movies we do make are just going to be like the really big stuff where like it affects everybody in the, in the MCU. So I hope that doesn't mean like we're not going to get smaller movies anymore. 
Oh, like, yeah. you know, like the solo hero movies. Because the newer characters that were getting in the MCU, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel. I guess so, yeah. They're not getting movies. They'll be in the movies, but they're not getting movies, right? So I think like if you're going to get a movie, it's like a sequel to one that's already been made, like a la Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2. Or a big movie like an Avengers or a Spider-Man right. or or like, you know, we're getting Fantastic Four. Right. So if you're not on that level, you're just, sorry, you're just getting your own show. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, pal. You're getting benched. You're getting, you know, we're going to toss you over to Disney Plus Team B. <laughs> uh yeah, um, that might be the right formula, though, for them, right? Because what we're getting like three or four movies a year, those movies might be eating into each other's box office. And yeah. the streaming platform is actually just, they're just, you know, printing screens to <laughs> for everyone to watch on. So why not right, yeah. toss it on there? It makes sense, I think. It just seems like a lot. It still seems like a long list of TV shows that they're promising. Um, so much. Yeah, I don't know. And this specific deal, like five years. How many projects do you think they're going to get out of uh, Ryan Coogler's company? Do you think they're is this just Black Panther two and this TV show, or is limited series whatever no, it is? I'm sure they're going to get more outside of Marvel stuff, like oh, some kind of like a, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, I didn't think of that. This company does not just do Black Panther. <laughs> like, you know, oh my god! Okay. Hello, he does other stuff. So. I'm sure this this probably is the only thing that they're gonna do on Disney Plus that is Marvel, and if, if hopefully they can fit like two or three other projects that are like either movies or series that has nothing to do with Marvel. I hope that's true. I didn't even consider that. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's obviously gonna be Star Wars. <laughs> it was it's those two, right? Back and forth. Everyone's trying to get a hand in each of those. Um, <laughs> So Marvel's really spreading out their characters on all platforms. It's going to be on your TV, in the big screen, on your phone. And honestly, they have a lot of characters to do it for. Yeah. But over switching over to DC now, it seems like they only have one character. And they're spreading (laughs) that character super thin. It's been that way for decades. Not only is he going to have like his own show on HBO Max in his world and multiple movies with multiple actors playing him on the big screen. But they announced that Batman is also going to have his own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we have a competitor right now in the dark night. So it sounds like this podcast is actually going to be on HBO Max. Even more questions like, how is an audio podcast? Because they said it's audio. They said it's an audio comedy podcast. Comedy podcast. Okay. (laughs) Set in the Batman universe. Going to be on a video streaming platform, HBO Max. So many questions just in how it's just logistics. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So some more notes about it. Who's playing the Batman? But actually it is... Uh, Commissioner Gordon, Jeffrey Wright is going to be playing <laughs> this Batman on this podcast. So weird. Yeah, it's weird that he's playing two different characters. So he's playing, Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon in the Matt Reeves Batman movie. Yeah. But on the audio comedy podcast, he's playing Batman, which I get it. They're two separate things. It's fine. You don't see him in the audio thing. But I think his voice fits. Like his voice is like that deep, Gravelly. dark voice. So it kind of fits for the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. It could work. I've been seeing a few episodes of Westworld recently. I'm not in love yeah. with it yet. Again, yet. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm Jeff- not. I don't care about Westworld. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright's voice. I could see it. If I close my eyes, I could see a Batman. That could work out. But also, is does he have comedic chops? He's the main character. That's kind of weird, right? Uh, yeah. It might be like something like. Uh, where he's the serious one and everyone else around him is silly or something like that. Because um, they announced the cast and it's a lot of like Saturday Night Live alumni. Right. We got on the list Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, uh, Keenan Thompson, Bobby Moynihan. A lot of SNL people. I think they're funny people. So They are. Yeah. yeah. I think they're really funny. These, this is like I think a good era of SNL that I like. These, these eras. Right. So I'm on board for that. Uh, it could maybe have a feel of a Lego Batman kind of feel, maybe. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I can, I can enjoy that, and maybe they they are all pulling the jokes. I wonder who's playing who. These all seem like the same age people. Who's playing Alfred? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I don't even know how I'm gonna listen to this. Do I? Is it on my TV and there's just no visual and I just hear it? 
or is it going to be some kind of animation along with it? But like, I guess HBO is getting in the podcast game. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird avenue, right? I mean, they they know what sells Batman, but also do a comedy <laughs> thing. That's maybe that's the way to get like the most broad like audience is comedy. That makes sense too. Mm-hmm. And maybe just play it off your you know HBO app on your phone. Um, it's weird that it's also the only one announced so far, right? Yeah. So is this like a trial thing? See how it goes. If people like it, and then they could do more. But I mean, they're picking the right character to try it with Batman. Everyone's gonna at least check it out. Yeah, yeah. See if it's funny or not. I don't know. I'm gonna even try. Of course, we we've got our subscription. Uh, it seems like everyone, because of the pandemic, every character at every like franchise is just taking one step down in whatever media or platform they are accustomed to. So like. All the movies are like, well, let's make a show about that instead. All right. And all the shows, it's like, well, let's just let's make a podcast about <laughs> it instead. <laughs> and then like all of the podcasts now, it's like we're just gonna do a zine. Zine. Just oh. <laughs> <laughs> gonna do a blog and a magazine. So subscribe now to, to subscribe to the reader copy zine. That's coming out soon. <laughs> I'll let you write it. I'm not doing it. Oh, I barely have the grasp of the English language. Come on. <laughs> So no word yet on when this Batman podcast is coming out on a streaming video platform. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I guess keep an ear out on like TV. <laughs> I keep an ear out like that. Uh, okay. So if you guys are looking for that, it's called Batman The Audio Adventures. Take a look at that. Maybe it's your jam. I don't know. I hope it, I think it's going to be funny. We'll see. Uh, that is it for the news this week. If you haven't already, guys, we ask that you please subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We are on all major podcast platforms. Except for HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one, one day, our audio podcast will get on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Hit us up on any of our social medias. You can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast. Uh, we're on social medias like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, guys. Talk to you soon. Yeah, uh, our, our goal is to get our audio podcast in movie theaters. That's my goal. Right, right. We're trying to get a, a cameo from Batman 2 on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, why don't we get into our comic book this week? It's the one I chose that I really like. It's called Skyward. Published in 2018 by Image Comics, today we are talking about Skyward. And more specifically, we're talking about the first five issues, which is the first volume, and it is titled My Low G Life. Cool. I wonder what that means. Uh, just a quick premise, primer for the story. It is about Earth, so it takes place in, on Earth. And um, it's kind of like, what if almost all the gravity disappeared? <laughs> what? Okay. We just go flying, so like, right? 90% of the gravity, I don't know how, but like it just doesn't exist anymore. How would that affect the Earth and how would that affect people? And just how do you continue living on a planet where one could might float away. Yeah, okay, wow. It sounds like it's even less gravity than the moon. You might just like just fly yeah, off. Yeah. Okay. Uh this is the brainchild of writer Joe Henderson. Um yeah, he wrote the book, but I guess he's more known as being the co showrunner of the series Lucifer. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. well, the uh the Sandman related T V show. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Oh, so how he got into writing a comic book, I'm not sure, but this guy is mainly like a TV producer. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. I mean, yeah. He, when you get a like full professional position, kind of just want to explore what you, your options are. I've always yeah. fantasized about like becoming a comic book writer artist, even though I'm like doing something else, like full full time career. I don't know. Okay, well, if you want to get into comics, maybe you should be a TV producer because this guy also produces the shows White Collar, Graceland, and Almost Human. So, like, not just for one show. He was a co-executive producer for all those shows and still had time to write a pretty good comic book, like a darn good one. That's pretty cool. And um, the idea of the comic book is pretty interesting. And I hope that, you know, maybe he has connections to make this into a TV show. I kind of like it. I could totally see this as a premise for a TV show. One thing is maybe how you're going to film it. That's the one thing. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. There's some pretty uh, outrageous scenes in the book. And they're drawn by artist Lee Garbett. Um, Funny thing, like the writer is... A showrunner for Lucifer, right? 
Lee, the artist, drew on the comic book Lucifer for DC. Oh, really? The the Vertigo again, Sandman yeah. related comic book. That's kind of cool. All right, right. I've so these guys my tone that these guys made a deal with the devil to make <laughs> a pretty good image comic book Skyward. Uh, Lee also drew on Batman, uh, Batgirl, and the Outsiders comic book for DC, and he also worked for Marvel, drawing Loki, Agent of Asgard. Remember that series? I remember the title. Never read it. Okay, yeah. I feel like that title, uh, things from that, is going to be pulled for the new Loki show. So uh, I want to maybe possibly do that series one day in the future. But he also drew for Spider-Man, Defenders, and Ghost Rider. So Lee, definitely like one of those great comic book artists. And his work on Skyward and the visuals that he draws, it's like pretty phenomenal. I'm into it. Yeah, it's got a specific style. Um, feels like more of the modern stuff that uh, I've come to like. Yeah. You can kind of tell when a book is an image book. It has a style they're going for. They are very different, you know, mm-hmm. comic uh, art styles, but just like a theme, I guess, or like the yeah. Christmas they want. There's a new kind of like trend in comics that is like, because it's not superheroes and capes, like it looks different. Like it looks funner, I guess, <laughs> more colorful, definitely. Um, it's definitely like something that Image started doing when they're like newer stuff was coming out, but also like um, Boom Studios has that style, I think. I agree. Yeah. On some properties when there's less of the kiddie comics. Uh, yeah, I think so. So like I said, we're doing the first five issues of Skyward today. The whole series, I believe, ended after 15 issues, so after three volumes. So we're almost doing like the first act, if you will, of the whole Skyward saga. Um, it's called My Loji Life, and it stars this character named Willa. Right. And the story starts when Willa is still a baby, pretty much. And we're following her, her father, and her mother. Father is like this African-American scientist. His name is Nate. Mm -hmm. Um, His mom or her mom is named Lily, right? I believe she's Hispanic, if I had to guess. Yeah. It's not stated in the book, but she has uh, that look to her. Okay. Um, And her dad was just setting her down at the crib while um, her mother, Lily, is getting ready to go for a jog out the door. Yeah. She's putting on her headphones and she's going to go for a jog. And Nate is like eating cereal and he notices he like tips his mug coffee over and it doesn't like spill. Instead, it kind of like drifts in the air. Already, we're getting that low G life. (laughs) That coffee just does not fall straight to the ground. The the drink comes out of the cup and it's just floating. The liquid is floating in the air. The cup goes just drifting away too. And, you know, before this, before this page, like this is normal earth. So this is all new to Nate and he's like in shock and he's like he's like playing with the coffee in the air like twirling it with his fingers and then he realizes like wait if this is happening here it's got to be happening everywhere including outside and Lily his wife just went for a jog so he runs out there to check on her he tries to but he's floating in the air yeah he can't even like run he can't even walk he like he's almost like every step he takes pushes him up into the ceiling so he's like crawling and when we get a shot of what's happening outside like everything's like going up cars big semi trucks they're all like in the sky drifting up outward into the into space literally right people are trying to grab onto electrical wires to not drift away trucks are just like almost falling apart too because they're just floating into air and Nick can't find Lily. She, he's just looking across the sky. And he's worried. There's a lot of people out there. He does see her. She's across the street. And she's holding on to like pretty much the top of a light post, right? Yeah. She's barely hanging on. Um, Nate is at the, his like front doorway screaming like, you got to like jump towards me so I can pull you in. You have to do it, right? So she dives towards him. No, she's like kind of like gliding, right? Yeah. Because there's almost zero gravity. And she's her trajectory is like pointing towards Nate, like she's gonna make it. But all of a sudden, like a car that's also floating knocks her off, and she starts like drifting away. And Nate can almost like do nothing. He's watching his wife fly off into the sky. She has she's helpless. She has nothing to grab onto. Nate is yelling, "I'm gonna come after you!" Right? But then he right. realizes, back in the bedroom, his daughter Willa is by herself, a, a baby. So instead, he runs into the room, tries to, it's kind of like swimming the way this is is going. Yeah. (laughs) He swims into um, her kid's room to find Willa. 
and uh, Willa is actually having a fun time with the zero gravity. Yeah, she's like a baby, and she's like kind of like spinning in the in midair, like enjoying it. And this is the same twenty years later into the future. Now we see Willa, grown adult, still like enjoying being in the air. Um, she is like literally at the top of almost like buildings like she's like eye level with skyscrapers and she now works for like it looks like a delivery service right you know like um those bike messengers yeah uh, driving up and down uh new york she's got wearing those outfits on with the whole messenger bag but she's just like jumping across buildings like walking on the sides of buildings uh, because there's zero gravity, baby. She just can get around and is delivering yeah. packages this way. It's weird. Like it's the city now is like almost reverse. Like if you're poor, yeah, you actually live at the top of buildings because it's more dangerous there. You have less to hold on to easier for you to drift away where if you're more wealthier you're closer to the ground you're you actually can feel the ground most people don't even touch the ground anymore in this world yeah and um willa has grown up her whole life pretty much like at the top of the city and she's used to like jumping from building to building running around almost never using your feet to actually like walk on the ground um people now are almost like leashed everywhere so that they don't drift away yeah like tethered maybe yeah tethered and we see willa she's going to work it's one it's like almost like you could just kind of like push yourself off and like just glide all the way into <laughs> to work that's what she's doing right would you like this? Would you like zero gravity? Just like going about your I mean, it's terrifying. Day? Yeah. The, yeah. That's true. To know if any moment, if you... It's kind of like those space movies where like walking on the outside of the spaceship. Gravity, the, the movie. Like like gravity, yeah. If, if anything knocks you off course and you don't have anything to grab onto, you're not going to stop drifting away. Terrifying. So like, <laughs> it, it is terrifying. Like, I no, I don't want to live in this world. <laughs> she goes to work and she runs into this guy... Uh, her coworker is Edison. Yeah. And she's saying like, oh, you're older than me, right? You remember when there was gravity. You remember before the event of G-Day, which is what they call like the day gravity disappeared. She's wondering like, oh, what was, what was walking like? But uh, <laughs> we get a better look at Edison and Edison says, I wouldn't know because apparently he has no uh, legs below his knees. It's just kind of uh, amputated there. Yeah, he's a paraplegic. So... In this world where his legs are not required, he's fine. Like, he's used to it. But Willow, like, feels stupid for asking. Like, oh, of course. Like, why would I ask you? I feel terrible. Yeah. But he's like, no, don't worry about it. It's cool. Like, I, I'm living great now because I can kind of still, like, move around without all this gravity. Uh, so it looks like and Willa then, has a has a crush on Edison. And that was just, like, her, like, yeah. fumbling, trying to flirt. Didn't yeah. work out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she has to do a new delivery. Her boss comes in and it's like this large box. And um, not only is this her boss, but it's also like the person that kind of like secondhand raised her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you got to deliver this big package. And now that there's no gravity, like things don't have weight to it. So like, it's like huge, but it doesn't matter to her. She can like lift it. She even just ties it to like her back and like, is just like pulling it. Yeah. It maybe slows you down a bit, but it's, it's part of the job, right? She's a messenger. I guess if you're like kind of, um, I almost would say the lower end of society, but that's actually the opposite. When you're at the upper end of society and you have no money, maybe this is a good job for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that show or the movie Premium Rush? Oh, you're talking about uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovitz? Yeah. Uh, not not a great movie, no. but it, it's like the same idea here. It's like yeah. deliver this across the city right away as fast as you can, right? Yeah, and yeah. She's like one of the best because she's really – she's like born floating, so she knows how to travel. She's trained to do it. So, you know, this big package is not a big deal for her. She's going on her trip to deliver it, but around the corner in the alleyway, um, she gets – confronted by two thieves one's got a switchblade out it's funny because like she's like floating because she knows how to like move around in, in like space but this thug guy is like leaning against the wall and he's like tied to the wall so he doesn't drift away <laughs> like he's he's scared and he's pulling a knife at her and he's like give me the package right so what does she do she pulls a gun at <laughs> and points it at him so it's like she brought a gun compared to his knife but they're not scared of the gun. They're like, well, uh, what are you going to do? Nobody carries guns nowadays. You shoot that thing, you're going to go flying. Exactly. Guns are pretty much useless now because 
if you shoot a gun, it's going to project you the opposite way, and it's like very dangerous for the shooter because you don't know where you're going and you might drift away. Right. Conservation of momentum. (laughs) (laughs) But she knows this. That's her plan. That's why she has the gun. Is instead of shooting the thief, she shoots downward to project herself up to escape like the robbery. Right, the whole situation. But she's kind of in a in a free upward, free fall upward right now because she she can't <laughs> um, get a grasp at anything. She tries to grab this rope, but she grabs onto it. It turns out it's not tethered to anything, so she's still flying straight up into the air. She reaches the point where she is above everything. She's above all the buildings. So, like, there's literally nothing, like, past her and, like, space. So, she has no choice, which is to point the gun back upward to project herself back down onto Earth, which is really dangerous. So, she does it. She shoots. And she's, like, a rocket straight down. And she lands. It's crazy. She lands, like, exactly where she needs to deliver the package. She's a good shot, apparently. Um, And she lands right where she needs to deliver for um, uh, this school of kids. She's just delivering a bunch of milk cartons for the kids' lunch. So mission accomplished for this delivery. She's going home now, and we catch up with her dad. Remember, this is Nate, who was like a scientist. Like Apparently, he knew that this was going to happen, the loss of gravity, right? And we see him now, and he is like strapped to the ground exercising Yeah, because- like, how do you lift weights and run and exercise if there's no gravity? So he's doing uh, what's it called? Pilates, maybe, type of thing, where he's pulling out these these yeah. bands to work out inside their apartment. Uh, we learn a lot also, of resistance band work. Yeah. We learn now that we're actually in Chicago. Yeah. And he's exercising, and it's grossing out Willa, because as she goes into the apartment, like, his sweat particles are, like, Ugh. floating in the air. It's not, like, dripping down. It's, like, just, like you know, bubbles of sweat in the air that she has like go through. I guess I didn't think of that. Just the air is going to be moist. Gross. <laughs> like how do you even pee in this world? Oh my. You have, I, to, you have to pee into a bottle and then just like close the bottle. You convinced me. I'm not, I'm not down for it. <laughs> how do you, how do you go number two in this world? <laughs> I guess you just go the only way you can. You have to point up and just let it go. <laughs> drift away. <laughs> to go like fetal position, right? And concentrate. That's a lot more concentration. <laughs> Um, We're asking the hard questions here. (laughs) (laughs) Willow's already grossed out by the sweat particles. Oh, yeah. But she's also frustrated because apparently her dad, her whole life, has never left the apartment. Yeah, he's kind of paranoid. He doesn't want to drift away because remember, he saw his own wife drift away. Yeah, she is no longer alive because she like projected into space, right? Right. Nothing could stop her. And he definitely feels like it's his fault. So he is just a shut-in now. He won't leave his apartment for anything and just too paranoid. And Willa, she barks at him saying, I want to explore the world, but you won't let me. You won't let me leave the city. You won't even leave this apartment. And we find out why he hasn't left the apartment. It's because he's been doing research and studying and he reveals like, I know how to fix the problem. I know how to like bring back gravity, right? Wow. And he's like holding his notebook like, I know how to fix it. Really? Okay. Well... I don't know if we can trust him. He's kind of uh, on the fringes now with being a sh- such a shut-in. But we learned that you know he had this theory that gravity was going to disappear. Uh, but no one in the science community believed him. Right. And apparently he knows how to fix it now. But the problem is he's still terrified to leave the apartment. Willa opens the door. Like, how are you going to fix it if you can't even go outside? And he's as soon as she opens the door, he's like crouching down, like panicking, like, he doesn't want to go out there. He's too scared. Yeah, he's, it's almost like he's scared of the sunlight in a way. As Willa goes back to her work, she talks it up with her boss about possibly exploring the world and kind of the difficulties she has with her dad. And they have a TV there, and they're watching this, uh, this business mogul on the TV. His name's Roger Barrow. And the boss notes that, oh, Willa, your dad used to know Roger in the past. Right. It's almost like if you're at work and you're told like, oh, your dad knows Elon Musk. <laughs> right, right, right. What? Uh, when did yeah. that happen? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so Roger Barrow is like the super rich industrialist guy that is like made his billions off 
like building things and preparing people for G Day, I guess, or the events after G Day. Yeah. So he became rich off of the loss of gravity, fixing all the problems that popped open. And once Willow finds out, like, oh, my dad used to know him. I gotta like connect them two together because apparently my dad knows how to fix gravity, and he needs he's gonna need Roger's help and like money and all this to solve it. So she's now on a mission to get to meet Roger Barrow and I guess her overall goal is to like fix gravity so she could travel the world she's sick and tired of just being in Chicago yeah oh, to think about it actually that having no gravity is the easiest way to travel <laughs> but whatever <laughs> um, I know right so she is uh, she has to go to the uh, the bottom the streets and of course the poor people don't go there that often she hasn't been there before we get a look at it the streets it's almost looks like what it was in the past just thriving and people walking on the ground yeah people on the ground are the rich and they're rich because they can afford magnet shoes yeah and these people are like you know they're used to gravity so they're walking on the ground and it's almost to the point where like they don't even know how to live without these magnet shoes right and she goes down there and it's like a whole new world to her and she's the only one that's like not walking like she's kind of like just drifting Floating. with her feet above the ground right and and she goes up to where the Roger Bear is going to be, which is like this big event. But there's like a bouncer outside. Right. And this uh, bouncer looks her up and down. She's floating. She doesn't have her magnetic shoes. Um, and then also the bouncer sees that she has a gun on the side of her hip. Yeah. <laughs> And she thinks like he he thinks like she's trying to break in. Yeah, it's a situation. So he calls he calls like backup, right? And all, more security guards come running out, and then she is being chased now, and they grab her. And what she does is she grabs one of their like um, almost like a taser that they had around their waist, and she tases the guard's shoe, which then like messes up the magnets on it, I guess, technology. And he starts like floating away and he's not used to this and he's terrified. Yeah. So these hardcore bouncer types just turn to chickens once they lose their gravity. Um, so that allows Willa to make a break for it. She goes around the corner and somehow Edison is there. Remember the the guy that she had a crush on? And he's there to like protect her because they're still like hunting her. So they're like hiding behind the corner of the building and once they're clear of the guards, Edison's like, you know, I heard you're going to come down here and I knew that you're going to get caught right away. You don't know what it's like to live with gravity. Like, it's too obvious that you're not from this world or whatever. Totally. So he's like, I knew you're going to need these. And he brought her magnet shoes. Now, these are expensive things. So this is such a gesture from Edison to get it uh, from him. And she just loves the fact that she got these gravity boots. But as she's like trying to walk through, all of the people are looking by because she's like stopping the way she walks. She's not used to these gravity boots, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see a dog wear shoes? Yeah. It's so it good. It's like that. It's like kind of like, I don't know what these are and I'm flailing my legs. Because <laughs> they're always trying to like throw them off their feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Will looks like as she's like walking through like this dinner party uh, and she's like waving. Obviously, like everyone knows she's not like part of this world. Out of place. She looks out of yeah. place in this upper, in this lower crust of society, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's lower, but it's all the rich people, right? Right. And we see in the crowd there, uh, Roger Barrow. He's like the life of the party. He's the guy that everyone there is for. And she tries to like weasel her way into the circle there to talk to him. But like, I guess this is like his second in commander's right hand guy, mm -hmm. like stops her from approaching. Right. Cause um, she's kind of just going straight for him, but um, his guards stop her. And, but she has to just yell out, uh, you know, my father, Nate Fowler, right? Her dad. Right. Her dad. And this shocks Roger. He turns around and talks to her. And he's like, I can't believe you're Nate's daughter. Like, I didn't even know Nate was still alive. I hadn't heard from him in over 20 years. Yeah, Roger right? is all smiles because he's loving this. An old friend is there, right? Like, I can't believe I, we have to, like, bring him to me. Like, like this is, like, I guess, like, his old best friend almost, right? Like, because Nate was so scared to leave the apartment, he thought literally thought Nate had been died during G-Day. So that's so nice that Willa gets to meet uh, – her dad's old friend, right? Um, but as kind of Roger steps to the side and talks to one of his guards, we get him in the shadows and he looks very sinister. 
he's kind of talking about a man he thought he was dead just popped up into his life and he needs him gone. Right. So it's later now and Willa and Roger are alone. Like it looks like it's in his like office and he's explaining to her like what G-Day was like and how Nate like knew it was going to happen but no one in the science world wanted to believe him. Like it's such a ridiculous idea that gravity would disappear and no one believed him and Nate feels bad that he kind of like isolated himself from Nate. Yeah. But what Roger did is like he believed Nate so he like invested and made so much money off of what came after g-day that that's how he became like super rich yeah he just invested in like um all of the gravity boots that everyone are using all of the like yeah. jetpacks people used to get around just anything that can kind of inch towards getting richer and he's he's made it baby yeah i mean they're talking about like all the problems that you don't think about when gravity is gone like farming and agriculture was affected right like, everything is like how do you even do stuff like things that you take for granted because of <laughs> gravity i think i think uh maybe roger figured out how to poop maybe he's the one that figured it out yes okay the, that's how he made his millions what the book on that <laughs> so he's like you know this is all because of nate so i need to like see nate again and, and and, you know, part of the reason why he's so rich is because of Nate. So he wants Willa to, like, bring Nate to him or or bring Roger to Nate. But we know that Roger secretly wants, like, to shut up Nate, right? Yeah, right. All the stuff he's brought up, it could be come crashing down if... Um, if Nate does actually turn back on gravity, turns on that switch somehow. Right. So what he does is he activates Willa's like magnet shoes and all of a sudden like they're like stuck to the ground now and she can't move. And he's like, you know, the last thing I want is for your father to fix the gravity issue, right? That's how I'm making all my money. So he like, this is crazy. He punches her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Just socks her. And he's like, tell me where your father is. And he's like continuously like punching her and her blood is like starting to just like float around and he's like playing with her blood as she's like beating her up to get her to reveal where Nate is, her father. This guy's just like a super villain, you know, a rich super villain punching this innocent lady in the face. One of the guards runs up thinking that uh, Willa's attacking the boss so the guard uses a taser to stop her. And that, of course, breaks the magnetic gravity boots she was wearing. Yeah, so now she's free and she's starting to like drift away. And we know like she is very good at like floating fast. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what you call it's it. It's her job. Yeah. So she's able to escape. She's taking off the magnet shoes now. Um, and we want run into one of her friends that is there on the ground because she works as like a maid for like the hotel or whatever, right? Yeah. This is uh, Joanne and she just happened to be taking out the trash as she sees Willa there. Willa is asking for help just to let me get out of the streets, the, this uh, lower part of society so I can get back to back home, right? Uh, Roger's looking yeah. for me. So she's hiding in like the cart of like dirty laundry or garbage that she's pushing. Yeah. And she's looking at like the photos on the wall because this is like a high society, whatever place that they're at, right? And she sees one of the photos on the wall and it's Edison. What? How is Edison there? Is he secretly rich? Edison is actually part of a super rich family, but he like chooses not to like live with them. Instead, he lives up in the, the dirty sky. <laughs> <laughs> So Joanne is continuing, like, trying to hide Willa and bring her up the floors of the building. And they get into, like, what looks like a, a working floor, like like a work center. Yeah. And we see a bunch of people in cubicles working. And not only are they in cubicles, but they're in, like, double-decker cubicles. Like bunk bed cubicles? Yeah, there's literally, like, a cubicle on top of one. Because, you know, if there's no weight, it doesn't matter. You could cram as many people working as you, as you can into the building, right? You could just float up there to the second level. But they are soon stopped by guards. And the guards are like, let me see what's in the cart, right? And there's no way to hide it. So Willa just like burst out of the cart with like all the laundry. Yeah. So everything's like floating around. So with a bra in her hair, she pretends to um, have Joanne, her friend, in uh, kidnapped, right? Uh, but she, she's just acting for the guards so that she can uh, protect Joanne and make sure that she doesn't look like she's letting her go through. Yeah, and then she pushes Joanne into the guard and to like distract them, she like kisses the guard and says like, oh, my hero, you, you saved yeah. me. Pretty much just to slow down the guard, right? So that Willa could escape. And she's like trying to escape through the office and all these papers are like flying out. And she finally like gets out of the building 
and she knows she has to make her way back home to protect her dad. But when she approaches her apartment, uh, the door is open. And mm. we know like the door is never open because the dad is scared of the outside. Right. It looks like a break-in. All the furniture is – well, it's up in the air. It's all like a wreck, right? It's not being organized. And she's worried about her dad. Um, and she gets taken from behind. Someone's bear hugging her. And it's one of the thugs that tried to rob her earlier. And apparently these thugs are still looking for that milk delivery that she was trying to like deliver. Wow, it's hard out here. <laughs> but the dad, I guess he's fine and he busts out and he's like helping Willa like take out these thugs. Yeah, the thugs are scared of the dad actually. He's he can yeah. actually put up a fight. Because he works out, remember? He uses those elastic bands. Yeah, he's he's, he's fit. He, he can take care of himself. Um, so Willa is saying, Roger is after us. He's not a nice guy, actually. So we got to make a run for it. We got to get out of the city because Roger's looking for us. But the dad's like, oh, I wish you never told Roger that I'm still alive, yeah. right? But I can't leave the apartment. Like, uh, there's too much trauma of when I lost your mom because it's my fault that she died. And then we see the events of G-Day again when he's, like, trying to reach Lily, the mom. But he was just too scared to, like, jump towards her. He couldn't let go of, like, the doorway. And it's all – he takes it all the blame for it. Like, if I was just brave enough to reach out to her, to her, she might still be alive. He admits that he actually just went for the baby, baby Willa, because um, he just could not give it up to jump out and save uh, your mom. Yeah. And he's, like, crying now. But Willa is, like, embracing him. Like, it's okay, right? I'm glad that you protected me. But while he's not looking, she grabs, like, the lampshade and knocks out her dad. Right, just knocks him out, hits him across the head. Um, so Because, like, we have to get out of here, so I don't care if you're unconscious. I'm saving you. She puts her dad in a duffel bag and makes a break for it and <laughs> tries to get, go to her work, right, that, that delivery company, and talks it up with her boss. Remember, her boss also, like, kind of, like, pseudo-raised her, right, because the dad could never leave. And she shows the boss, like, I have my dad. He's in this duffel bag. <laughs> Unconscious. Uh, the boss is really worried. She knows that actually Edison has been kidnapped too. He's been beaten up. So she says that, well, I've got to do what I can and try and get Edison out of Roger's um, skyscraper, right? Get him out of there. Get him out of that situation. Uh, the ground scraper. The, okay. <laughs> the, uh, so Nate wakes up out of the duffel bag. And he, he he can't believe he's out of the apartment even as he's freaking out. He's like holding on to the shelf, even though he's indoors. Like he doesn't want to let go of the shelf. Like he's clinging on. Like like where the hell are, am I? <laughs> yeah, all the, like just the door frame, whatever to like center himself because he's so freaked out. And he's trying to keep Willa from leaving, right? From running into Roger because he knows Roger's really dangerous. But Willa's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop me? You, you won't even leave this building. You're not going to run out of there, right? So she's talking it up with her boss. Like, I don't care what my dad says. I need to go save Edison. Uh, but the boss says, there's a storm coming. You you can't do that, right? And yeah. of course, also, you, your dad left already. Yeah, the dad's trying to protect Willa, so he leaves. And But he doesn't know what it's like when there's a storm with no gravity, right? He's been stuck indoors all, all like the past 20 years. So the storm, you would think it's like rain, right? Yeah, like going right. down. Makes sense. But because there's no gravity, it's like a giant ball of water just floating through the city. A big glob, a big lake of water just kind of making its ways, just strolling down in the sky of the city. And it's just coming the way of of Nate. So he doesn't know what to do. He's never seen this before. And somehow he gets himself stuck in the middle of all this water. So Willa has to save him. What she does is she has an oxygen tank and she dives up into the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's trying to look look for uh, her dad. It's funny too because there's like actually like fish in the water. Like the storm is like a moving lake almost, right? Yeah, I think it's kind of fun. I think it's I, I'd sign up for to go for a swim in that if I could, if I also <laughs> had an oxygen tank. But she uses that to make a little pocket of oxygen around. Uh, her dad. Yeah. So he comes back too. And it's funny because like they're, they're like in the water, but in a bubble of oxygen in the water, right? Yeah. A la Aquaman. Yes. I was just going to bring that up in, in Justice League. They had a little bubble of oxygen so they could talk in it, but they could breathe underwater too. So I don't know. I don't know what the math is for that. <laughs> it's been a pet view of mine since the movie. 
And what's funny is like they're drifting in that ball of water in the sky and they're getting closer and closer to where um, Roger has Edison like kidnapped, right? And she actually has the gun that she had earlier. Yeah. And she's like up against the water or the window of the building where Roger is at, right? So she takes the gun and she points it straight at Roger through the window. Again, there's all this water up against the window. She shoots through the window and that propels all of the water to get sucked into the building where Roger and Edison are. This big lake of water. It's almost like a blob or like a bubble, like just like absorbing everything, right? Yeah, it's like the Titanic. So uh, she saves Edison. Edison was like tied up in a chair. Um, And then she throws like a rope. And on the other end is the dad who's like out of the water on like the top of a building. And he's like pulling uh, Willa and Edison back onto the building, right? Okay, good, good. So um, they're able to get out of their safe. And Roger's nowhere to be seen except he comes from behind and grabs one of the oxygen tanks and smacks Edison through the face. He's now choking Willa and has like a gunter head screaming at uh, Nate, right? And Willa starts wrestling with Roger and tries to pull the gun away. Roger actually shoots downward, and the two of them shoot up into the sky. So they're like wrestling up in the sky. They're both floating up in free float um, as they're they're trying (laughs) to fight each other. Roger gets the lower hand. He kicks Willa out into space and Roger is able to propel himself down to the ground into safety while Willa is floating up into danger. So Nate sees this going on. His own daughter is just going to flow back into space. So he has to save the day. He flies straight towards Willa. Like he jumps up into like nothing, right? To catch her from drifting away. So knowing like there's nothing to stop him, right? Mm -hmm. And he grabs her while they're both in the sky and he's holding her for like the last time. He gives her his like book, which is what's supposed to like solve the gravity problem, right? Right. And you know, they're both drifting away now, right? There's not a way for them to just change their trajectory, both of them. Right. He looks like Superman right now, the way he's holding his daughter and is there to kind of save the day he gives a one last kiss to her daughter on the forehead and just like throws her down towards the ground towards the ground pushes her down uh again he's been keeping strong this whole time so he has the strength all right right to in in space push her but that just means he's gonna be pushed the opposite direction meaning out into space so he's sacrificing his life to save his daughter and he pushes her down. She realizes what he's doing, and she's like reaching out for di- her dad, but it's too late. There's nothing she can do. She's out. He's out of reach, and he continues just to drift further and further away. Yes, ultimate sacrifice right there. Uh, this guy who's been paranoid this whole time lays down the line for his, for his daughter. Some time has passed now, and we see Willa. She no longer has her dad, but she is now on a train and she's on a mission to like explore the world and use her dad's notes to like solve the gravity problem. And that's how the fifth and final issue ends of this volume, volume one, My Logi Life. Uh, it continues on two more volumes and then ends after issue 15. Uh, I definitely want to continue reading, find out how this story ends. If gravity comes back, they don't even explain why it disappeared in this volume. So that I'm curious about that. And then there's all like the whole world is flipped upside down. This whole like idea that the closer you are to the ground, the richer you are. (laughs) Weird societal flip there. You know, like the fun, like weird things you don't think about with with what if gravity went away, everyone has to have a a leash or whatever. And gravity boots is a thing now. Magnetic boots. Yeah. um, How do you poop? I don't know. Big questions. Just the biggest questions. Uh, (laughs) So I like how it's leaving open-ended that she's going to explore the world because I want to see how other people kind of adjusted or whatever, how they adjusted better maybe. Yeah. They talk about like living in the city is a little safer because there's tall buildings that you could kind of grab onto or, or run across. But imagine living out in the open, out in the fields, like if you take one wrong step or got pushed the wrong way, there's nothing to grab onto. They mentioned it. Like, how do you even really farm food? Exactly. Yeah. How do you go get it? It's too dangerous. What? How are the animals reacting? Because they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, if there's no gravity, like, is there still wind? I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. How do you milk a cow? You have to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> okay. It. Good. 
Um, I'd say definitely check out this book. It's pretty cool. Just pretty reading cool. the first uh, couple issues and getting the idea of the world they live in was almost a little scary to think about, like to think that you could just accidentally float away and, and how the mom like dies right away in the book. So I totally recommend it. For sure. For sure. All right. Should we get into side stories then? Yeah. So this is not my official side story for the week, but I did promise a slight update on my review for the iPad Air, right? Cool. Yes, people have been waiting for this. Yeah, clamoring, right? What's what's Daniel's take? I'm enjoying it so far. It's really good. Totally worth it. I think the iPad Air was a good, you know, medium between the iPad and the Pro. Uh, I did get my Apple Pencil in, and I'm enjoying that. I really like it. The feel of it, it just... Nice. The best status performance I've seen so far, right? Um, like drawing things on it feels so good. I think it amps up my artistic level like tenfold. It's really from some right. zero to, to zero, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> um, I have some few gripes about it. Like there's this new feature in the OS for iPads and where you can like scribble with your Apple Pencil and that translates into just actual like typed out text, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you use that a lot? Because you have iPad. Nope. Turn that off because I hated it. Really? Okay. I, I thought it was cool and fancy. I don't use it that much because uh, I what I kind of wanted the iPad for was to improve productivity. Um, yeah. So I can't really use it for those productivity apps I use all the time, like Google Drive. Um, so it just doesn't work in that app. a little bit of disconnect? It doesn't actually work on that app. Like it's not allowed. Wait, what? Google Drive doesn't work? It works. I can't use that scribble feature right right out on handwriting. Yeah. So So you have to type it out anyway. I got to type it out anyways. But as like like a get it and go type of thing, it's kind of cool. I like the iPad. Good purchase. Few things here and there that I'm like, uh, I had these high hopes for it, but still good, good buy. Um, but that's not what my side story is. It's of course, uh, cause the iPad gave me a whole year free of Apple TV and mm-hmm. which, you know, what a whole nother streaming platform that we got to talk about. Great. Uh, but, uh, what everyone recommended to watch on that was Ted Lasso. And have you been watching it? I've watched the whole season. It's, it's pretty good. I like it. You know, really some more fun filler TV. I, I need that in my life. That's just all the time. Right. Um, kind of funny. It's about... Uh, this main character played by Jason Sudeikis. You know, mm. he's he's a funny guy. I like what he's done in SNL and stuff like that. He plays a Southerner a football coach, American football, but he gets hired by a English football, aka soccer team in England. So he travels to England and he's now a coach for a totally different sport. Okay. So yeah, I, I've seen the I've seen one episode, the first episode. And I, honestly, I dropped it after that because I didn't think it was that good. But I guess it must be good if you watch the whole thing. Well, it's it's kind of funny. And it's it's got some heart to it because uh, Jason Sudeikis is doing this thing where he's just ultra nice and just, you know, everything oh, yeah. brushes off of his shoulders. He's he's just super friendly as his coach. And that's how he's like leading his teams, just being super nice, right? Uh, to a point where he's knowing everyone else around him. Everyone's just, you know, rigid and serious. But he's the fun one. And he's doing the Southern accent that's not his his own that's really good um mm. and just like the awkwardness of him not knowing soccer rules when he's a football coach it's actually <laughs> yeah. really fun there's some good notes there and um the reason why he was hired by this soccer team in england is the like the owner of the team um her ex-husband used to own the team but he cheated on her so what she's trying to do is ruin the team so she hired a random coach of a different sport okay when she know it it turns out he's a good soccer coach even though he barely knows the rules <laughs> it's really good I-, I think it's kind of fun there's a lot of uh intermingling drama because the the also the teammates don't like each other they don't like their personalities one guy is like kind of old now but he's still a really good soccer player another guy is young but he's also very selfish um, on the team. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun random characters that are happen to be soccer adjacent, like the uh, like the guy who sets up all the cones and the guy who's like the manager of the team. He's pretty funny too. Uh, so yeah, I like it. There's a lot of drama with the reason why he's going to England in the first place is because he's getting a divorce. So it's oh, like okay. this guy who's like super nice all the time. He's got a smile on his face. He's got to deal with like something hard and that's the drama for him. Um, so yeah, there's also like the awkwardness of him not understanding English culture. Like he's a coffee guy because he's from America and he's, he's got to <laughs> drink tea and he hates that tea and crumpets. 
Yeah, you can't, like some things you can't understand. I love that. How, how many uh, episodes is it? It's like 10 episodes and they're about 30 minutes long. So it goes fast, you know. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was just more filler TV. I'd say if you got somehow got the Apple TV, give it a try. Uh, if you just want to kind of laugh a little bit and see some charming okay. stuff in so there. So you're saying it's by the iPad Air so you could watch the show. Yeah, totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see more of Jason Sudeikis. He, I feel like he doesn't get enough. I get, This is just a big thing, I think. I think he's like likable but also has like a punchable face. Yeah. I mean, some of the SNL characters <laughs> he's done, it's kind of like a little bit too uh, like edgy maybe. So maybe he's not like... He also does. It doesn't really fit for this character where he's like super ultra nice. Yeah, I think Jason Sudeikis kind of being a little bit biting sometimes in his comedy. Yeah, I think that's the his his one downfall is like he has like the nice guy look, yeah. but his his comedy is very like kind of like edgy. I think so. I think I think that's the case. But I think at the end of the day, he's a nice guy. You can kind of see it in his southern accent uh, character he's doing. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a recommendation, but if you just kind of have nothing else to watch, honestly. <laughs> what is that called again? It's called Ted Lasso. That's the name of the show, and that's the name of the character. I, it's also kind of funny because my boss has a southern accent, so I kind of see him in the okay. character. Okay, it's kind of funny. Right. Yeah, I see that. I get it. Yeah, I see why you like it. He also says yeah. like like w words like what where i hate that it i will have like serious meetings i'm trying to not laugh because he's saying h's and his w's and i'll make sure to forward this episode to your boss please don't please don't (laughs) (laughs) i don't have much uh to talk about this week for side stories but i do want to mention um i finally bit the bullet right I, i was reluctant to do this for a long time but honestly, it's something that had to be done because I just don't have the time and room and wallet size. Okay. <laughs> I had to cancel my pull list with my local comic book shop, and I feel terrible about it. Oh, man. To do it at a time when uh, you should be supporting small businesses. But honestly, like I hadn't been able to stop by there to pick it up in since like November. So I feel terrible that you know they've been saving these books for me this long, and I haven't paid them for it yet. Sure. So I, I went there, and I said, like, you know, I have to end it. That way they're not, you know, wasting time saving these books for me when they could be selling those, you know, right away and, and seeing that cash flow. So I ended my pull list, no longer collecting. Uh, well, I'm still collecting. Yeah. No longer getting weekly comics. I uh, I went there and I picked up what the last batch that they have been holding for me. Um, it was like $100 worth of comics. Wow. Okay. Quite a lot. <laughs> uh, but I told them that I, I couldn't t- pretty much subscribe anymore. So they're not going to be pulling comics for me weekly anymore but I still want to go there I still want to purchase things like one shots and and trades and stuff like that so I still say support your local comic book shops but I I could no longer go there every week to get the new comics so I told them to stop the pull list Um, that being said I am looking on the market to get into more digital comics and subscribing to like a comicsology or or a Marvel Unlimited sure Uh, I'm gonna try to try one of those this week, and I'll I'll have an update next week on which ones I like. But uh, for now, I guess I'm done reading paper comics. I don't blame you. It's just like paper comics; they can fill up really fast. I I pared yeah. down my list like a lot a couple months ago because I realized like I have like affinity for the ones I really like, but some of these are just I'm, I kind of just like the character, but I don't necessarily like the story. So I'm gonna cut it there. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I also like moved to a different comic book shop fairly recently just because the last one was had holes. I'll like wait like a couple, uh, like a month or two and that's okay. It's not, I don't, I can't go there every week and it'll have holes in the ones like a couple weeks ago. They just didn't add it into my pull list. I got kind of mad and I had to like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of the shop. I'm going to go somewhere else and this new places just been great. Really good about it. Okay. So you're still have like an active pull list with a new new place. Yeah, just like four or five comics, but they're like limited series, so they're gonna cut short too. Um, like, okay, that, I think that list got shorter already because the those stories finished. Um, so I barely get paper comics now. This is something I've been thinking about for a long time. I already have probably like ten short boxes full. Um, but every time I would go there and I'd try to like build up the courage to tell them I don't want yeah. to keep doing it anymore. Yeah. I would always see what's about to come out and be like, I want that. Oh man. <laughs> or there's always like a new story arc coming. It's like, ah, I want to read that. <laughs> so it's like 
I finally, I've been thinking about this for like maybe like a year. Oh my God. But I, don't I, I sucked it up and I told them and I feel bad. I feel like I, I had to like break up with someone. <laughs> so, well, what was the uh, reaction? Like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much was. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I feel terrible. And they're like, that's no, cool, man. No worries. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. I've been struggling with this. Tossing and turning, I'm losing sleep over telling you guys. That's all good, dude. It's cool, it's cool bro. No worries. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I'm going to try to still pick up every now and then a couple comics, but um, adios to paper comics. That's cool. No, I don't blame you. I'm maxing out at five short boxes. Like, I kind of want to sift through my collection now and like take some out that I'm not feeling anymore and sell them somehow, maybe back to a comic book shop mm. where they can turn those, flip those, right? Um, sure. But yeah, I, I like going into like the older stuff and, and sifting through short boxes and finding old comics because that's probably where I, I, I see something I've read before in, in a different format and I'm collecting yeah. it. And I'm still going to um, you know, support that shop, right? So um, when we don't, can get back to doing that for real, that's when I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still collecting and I still want to fill in the gaps of the volumes that I have. Mm-hmm. I'm just not getting anything new anymore. But I mean, I'm not getting rid of the comics I have anytime soon. So, God. okay. So you heard it here. My brother betrayed his comic shop. <laughs> no. Oh, t- take me back. I'm going to go back and cancel my cancel. Last nail in the coffin for his comic shop. But uh, <laughs> that was our, our, our episode today, guys. That was our side stories. You, did you have anything else for side stories? Nope. That is it for me. That's cool. So you can find us on all our social medias. You can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you've already subscribed, uh, I want to thank you for doing that. Um, but what you could also do to help is leave a review. It costs you nothing, but it really helps us show out. And if you know anyone of your friends or coworkers or anybody that are into comic books or comic book movies, please recommend the Reader Copy Podcast. Um, and we're also doing another show, the Reader Copy Recap, where we are currently recapping WandaVision. And then uh, we'll see what other comic book shows are coming out after that. So if you haven't already, please subscribe, like, share the Reader Copy Podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in, guys. We'll be back next week. Daniel, can you please hit him with the outro? If you like what we got to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye. Later days. <laughs> I'm gonna play the game, play